This is a fun morning. Um, when you think about, I grew, up, I grew up evangelical. I grew up in the church. I mean, I'm just saturated, dripping with churchy stuff. And I, um, praying in the new year was always a thing. Has there any, anybody done that at like an overnight thing? Yeah. Praying in the new year, even though it's cheesy and, you know, can be done badly, is also a really beautiful thing. And so I decided I wanted to have more of, I knew that I would be hosting this time this morning, this sermon time, and I didn't want to preach a sermon, so you're not going to get a sermon from me this morning. I wanted to just hold some space together to be able to have some guided prayer, some liturgical prayer, and I just thought of inviting some of the most influential people in my life. And so Joe Steinke's back there. Joe has pastored me and my wife and his wife, Angie, have pastored me and my wife for almost 20 years now to, to who we are today. And then Mark Werner is my spiritual director, and he's just one of the most amazing people I know and is really well-versed in liturgical prayer and spiritual practices that center you as a person in light of who we are, in light of the divine. So this morning, we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer, if you haven't already figured that out. But I'm going to invite Mark. Mark, come on up. Um, this, yes, Mark Werner is... I'm assuming there's more than usual online. Good morning, online friends. If you're down south, I know some of you are, you can just tell us what degrees and how many inches of snow you have. Mark, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, good to be here. Great to be here. I'm, I'm, I feel very old school. We have a computer here and, and I'm, I'm on paper. I'm just too so. lazy to print it out, yeah. Um, Mark, could you just, you've, you went from evangelical pastor, spiritual director, but also was part of an Anglican church for a while, and you really... The, the, the liturgical practices really kind of did something to you, didn't they? Could yeah. you just bring us into that world, that significance? Yeah, that, that's a great, great question. The, the, I think in a, in a special liturgical prayer service, it is important to probably understand what, you know, what do we mean by liturgy? And liturgy, liturgy literally means that which is the work of the people. It is the, the public expression of our shared devotion. And so when we gather together, what makes this time beautiful in liturgy is that it is shared. It is shared in common. And people who participate in liturgical prayer often talk about how it is powerful and can carry us. And, and how it carries us is sometimes we feel weak in faith. Sometimes we feel like, I don't know if uh, everything that I say I profess, I live out well. And so the liturgy reminds us of what is shared in common and how it carries us. And what we apply in our life is faith even when we are weak and not doing it perfectly. And so that's the beauty for me of liturgy, is that it carries us. But it is strongly connected to that which we are in the course of the week. So there is a private part to our spiritual development and a public part to our spiritual development. There is an inner attention and an outer attention. 
And the liturgy helps us to combine those. Mm -hmm. So when we gather, what has been a part of our lives privately now finds expression together uh, when, when, we're to, when we meet. And so I love uh, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, he was both a theologian and a revolutionary. And he, he reminded us of the importance of both the private, the internal, the solo, and its connection to the community. And he said it's important that we develop both and that we are cautious of saying it's only about what I do alone or it's only about what I do in public. It's good. And so here's his words, and I just want you to listen to them just for a moment. He said, let him who cannot be alone be aware, beware of community. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. Each by itself has profound perils and pitfalls. One who wants fellowship without solitude plunges into the void of words and feelings. And the one who seeks solitude without community, without fellowship, perishes in the abyss of vanity, self-infatuation, and despair. Mm -hmm. And so this morning, as we move through this reflection, this liturgy, let us gather with a sense of being here together and sharing these words in common. And if we do that, there is a strength that we will find and we'll find that how it can carry us as we go through it. So good, Mark, thank you. So friends, if you were here several months ago when we were talking through the Sermon on the Mount, I spoke through and taught through the Lord's Prayer, this, this prayer of the kingdom that teaches us about the world and about humanity and about the divine life all in one prayer. If you remember, the Lord's Prayer is this incredible prayer that speaks to humanity's relationship to the divine. It speaks to this concept of the kingdom of God coming on earth and heaven and earth marrying and turning into one. God's dream from the very beginning happening in Jesus through us. This prayer of trust for provision from our Father, from our Divine Mother, every single day, just like the Israelites depended on manna, knew every single day. The Lord's Prayer, this prayer, this subversive prayer that switches an economy of indebtedness to an economy of forgiveness. The Lord's Prayer, which speaks to our utter dependence on the Spirit of God on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis. So we're going to start 2022 rooting ourself, ourselves in this prayer that Jesus told His disciples to pray. So take a deep breath. And just engage with us along the way. And Jesus said to them, For your Creator knows what you need before you ask. Pray then in this way. 
enter into this prayer word by word line by line Holy Spirit guide us as we pray Our Father in heaven Eugene Peterson wrote that with that word our Jesus puts himself in our company. And with that word, our, we place ourselves in the company of Jesus and all who have prayed. The creator is not just my God or my group. God is the maker and the lover of every single person on earth past, present, and future. And when we pray, we join a very motley, global, diverse, historic family. The name Father invites us into a relationship of God is love. And God wants to relate in love with each of us. And we should note that God is spirit, is not gendered, so the masculine word we often use for father can be for some an unhelpful term, especially for those who have been wounded by earthly fathers and dads. But even within the limits of language 
and the invitation of, for intimacy is to point us deeply to that we are loved children of God. What language best helps you to pray to the creator of us all? I'd like to ask you to take a moment to articulate the words you will use today to address God. Jesus called Father, our Father. Some scholars believe that the better translation of our Father who art in heaven is actually our Father in the heavens, in this very place, this very space around us, not far off in the distance, but fully and completely here. Our Creator, who fills every molecule from the farthest solar system to the inside of your lung and my lungs. Our Father, who is closer to us than the very air we breathe. Let us open ourselves in this moment to God's nearness through a practice that we call breath prayer. And breath prayer is something that can help us be present to God. And so what I'd like to ask you to do is just to, to do this in practice with each other. And so I'm going to ask you to just follow my lead. And so I'm going to ask you to put both feet squarely on the floor. To close your eyes. And even to feel your feet on the floor. And then if you are able, open both hands. Say to God with your body what you are saying with your heart. I'm here. I belong here. I am open. And I believe you are here too. You are as close as the air I breathe. And so as you take an inhale and then exhale, be aware of your breathing. Notice your air filling your lungs. Receive every breath as a gift and as an affirmation that you belong. God wants you here. Thank you, God, for that gift of breath. And then with each breath, pray your words for our Father. 
as you breathe in. And with each exhale, just offer the intention of your heart to God. Maybe you breathe the word saying, loving maker. And then breathe out, I am yours. Or you breathe in, eternal mother. And breathe out, open my heart. And let your prayer be simple, as simple as breathing. request of this great prayer is not for daily bread or for our own advancement, but for God's name to be honored and lifted up. So as loved as we are and as precious are we to the thoughts of God, <laughs> You and I are not the center of the universe. <laughs> Amen. So the one who created everything is worthy of everything. This is the love that holds the world together and it's worthy of all of our love and our worship, worthy of our honor and worthy to hold at the very center of our lives all of our meaning. Would you sing this with me? Let's give praise to God. God rightly holding you at the center of everything 
we continue to boldly pray. May your kingdom come now. May your will be done on earth as in heaven. On earth as in heaven. Let's sing that again. May your kingdom come. subversive aspects of Jesus' life, friends, was that he only did what he saw his Father in heaven doing. He didn't generate a plan and ask God to bless it as we often do, but instead he watched for the ways God was moving in the world and joined it. He paid attention to the flow of the eternal currents. How that is a way of naming and thinking about the divine, the eternal current. Jesus paid attention to the flow of the eternal current and then humbly learned how to swim with that healing river. The invitation is simply participation. So two questions for us for prayer and reflection for you. First, where do you see God already working to bring his kingdom on earth? Where do you see and long to see good news for the poor, freedom for the captives, sight for the blind and justice for the oppressed? Think now. Hold that in your heart and in your mind in prayer. Where do you see God moving? Where are those beautiful spaces in the world? specific. Father, Son, and Spirit, we thank you. For those men and women who right now are saying yes to your call to bring about your kingdom on earth, may we, may we join them. Second friends, the second question to join this good work, this eternal current, it, the question is, is there anything you need to let go of, to decenter your will in order to participate in God's will? a introspective question or maybe the invitation for you is to step up into a new boldness or into humble action is there anything inside of me inside of you 
that you need to let go of, anything that we need to be centered, decentered from? Or have you been sensing the Spirit calling you into something deeper and bigger or lower? I'm going to give you some few moments to think on that. Talk with God. to us according to Matthew. This is Matthew 7, again from the Sermon on the Mount. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. Anyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Jesus is teaching us about God's disposition towards us. If a child asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father or mother in heaven give good things to those who ask? So here's, you get to choose your own adventure here with this next reflection and prayer. Take the next minute or so to ask, either ask your good heavenly parents for exactly what you need today. Do you want to pray that prayer? Asking your divine parents for what exactly particularly you need today or do you want to ask the spirit you can ask the spirit to show you what you need if you're not real sure because God loves to do that too take 60 seconds and ask God what you need today or invite God to show you what you need today if God showed you something for me it was immediately humility I need and desire humility so gracious God thank you for hearing us
Let's embody the practice of receiving and offering of forgiveness. What I'd like to do is ask you to open your right hand. Invite God to very gently guide your memory to a sin that you have committed. to guide you in a way that you fell short of love, maybe with a family member, a neighbor, or yourself. Let the Spirit mercifully turn on the light so you can see it in more reality. Now imagine that you are holding that sin in your right hand. And what does it look like? What does it feel like to hold it? Take a moment to humbly hold that reality in God's loving, caring presence. Now, keeping your right hand open, please open your left hand and invite God to gently guide your memory again to a person who has hurt you or sinned against you. Maybe it was small or slight. Maybe it was a devastating violation. Allow again the Spirit of God to mercifully direct your attention and bring one specific person to mind. Now imagine that you are gently holding this person who hurt you in your left hand. What is their name? What emotion do they evoke within you? And let yourself feel it. Take a moment to humbly hold this person in God's presence. 
Finally, now bring both of your hands together in front of your heart. Both your sin and that of your neighbors. Feel the weight of the ways we have fallen short of love. And then if you are willing, repeat after me. Most merciful God, forgive me. Forgive them. Most merciful God, forgive me as I forgive them. May your mercies flow down upon me and upon them. Thank you for your grace. Amen and amen. Friends, while this prayer begins with the power and mercy of God, it ends by naming our frailty and dependence on God. We are finite beings who don't have the power and control that we wish we had over our lives. But rather than crush us to shame, this realization lifts us to trust. With the psalmist we cry, O Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For we know that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers, principalities, and systemic evils of this world. We cannot stand alone, but thankfully through Christ, we don't have to. Would you again place both hands over your heart in a gesture of dependence and trust in God alone? We say, loving creator, we need you. just repeat that inside of yourself or speak it loving creator I need you Bless 
So friends, as we finish our time here this morning, as we've been centering ourselves in this ancient prayer that Jesus gave us, we're going to center ourselves even more rooted in a divine or practice that was given by Jesus, and that's the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. So if you didn't grab a, one of our little COVID-friendly communion cups, go ahead and grab one now. If you're at home, Grab some bread or juice or whatever you've got. Thank you, Mark. traditions centered the entire service or mass around this moment right here. Centering ourselves and rooting ourselves in the reality that we have life because Jesus gave it to us. That we have hope for a new day, a new year. Because Jesus is the one who says, behold, I am making all Let's just take communion speaking that out. Behold, I'm making all things new. And let's begin the new year with a toast to the new creation. To the new creation. Mark, would you pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming into this world, emptying yourself, that we may be partakers of your holy nature. Thank you for bringing us into communion with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.